erzählen. Welcome back to the Calling It Rant. I'm Sly. And I'm... It's a draw, Spook. Spook? Yes. We fought the might of the rain. We fought? Yeah. Who won? No one, apparently. It was like... Hitler? (laughs) Um, What did you think about the draw against the reigning premiers, Richmond? I love a good draw. Isn't it good? That was a worthy outcome for the the first game back. What a cracking game that was. That was awesome. Well, they're 80 days plus back. Yeah, look, I'll cut slack. I won't. Only this once. No, I won't at all. All right, so we jumped out of the blocks. We... Stop me if you've heard this one before. Yes. Ran really hard, kicked goals, shot to a lead, and then just stopped defensively. Defensively, we were brilliant. Uh, Grundy copped a knock, so he wasn't as effective no. as usual. No. And the midfield, Pendles and side bottom fought valiantly. Adams started really well, but faded. Dagos started really well and decreased a little bit, but I mean, he was really, really promising. Uh, I, I found his uh, performance quite encouraging. Oh, I think that's. I mean, I always sort of prefer when you talk to Collingwood fans and they and I, say. I do it. No, no, anyone, you know, and you talk to them and you go, what do you think of that player? And they go, oh, he's shit. And it's like, he's played like seven minutes of football. Oh, I've made a determination. <laughs> seven minutes. That's all I need to see. Dagos has been in the system a couple of years. I reckon he was a little bit unfairly dropped. A couple of times last year where he played against North, we got smashed, he got dropped. He played against Hawthorne, we got smashed, he got dropped. It was like, I think he's being scapegoated a little. But I thought he showed some composure, some really neat skills. And again, he's still on the very young side in terms of experience. He, he physically, looks like, yeah, physically he looks like he's bulked a bit. Yeah. And he, I mean, even the, there was a few close-ups of the face. He looks a little bit uh, older now. Yeah, which obviously happens. Can, pan- you, can you believe that happens? The pandemic. I think it's aged us all. The I'm, 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 I'm looking about thirty-two now. <laughs> um, yeah, but he, he looks uh, a lot more mature of body, and, yeah. and he certainly um, he's starting to look like he belongs, which yeah. is I, I thought was really good. And same with um, Callum Brown too. I mean, I know you hate him, um, but um, I thought um, some of his passages of play and his his, his hands in, in traffic. Uh, is it's phenomenal. As I said, Callum, and, they, and the two of them linked up beautifully yeah. a few times. As I said about Callum, the thing I love about him is actually a playmaker. Oh, you so love him he, now. When he gets that, he won't just do a cheap handball off. He'll try and create like, play. Like the one to start the show. Yeah, like the Chris Main one. Um, the biggest concern for me is Jordan to go. Oh, okay, just let's just digress for a bit. What the fuck is with all the blonde heads in the side? I is know. That, is that like a Roy Batty convention? I dyed my back hair blonde. <laughs> I don't think I want to see that. <laughs> no, what, I mean, how crisp, the goey. Um, no, that's all, isn't it? No, yeah, that's some... it. I think Moore is more back to being blonde. No, he's a brunette now. Yeah. Yeah. John yeah. Noble's a blonde. Yeah, you, uh, where are you going with this? It's good. What's the point of it? Oh, they look no, horrible. I, I mean... I Isolation did a lot of strange things to strange people. Okay, so we did it this game, we did it in the prelim, we did it in... Well, not did it, not not we did it. Yeah, we did it, we did it personally. And the qualifying final against Geelong, mm. uh, prelim we did it in, in a different order. Qualifying final and yes. Thursday started strongly and then just did nothing offensively. So if you look at um, us on Thursday, kick 4-1, 5-3... 
And then after half time, we kicked one point and then two points. Again, you win, you win flags with performances like that. Against Geelong, we kicked 4-2, then went up to 7-5, and then went up to 9-7, and that was pretty early in the third quarter, and then we just stayed on 9-7. And then if you look at Greater Western Sydney, you know, kicked two goals, then we were 3-2, and then we were 3-5, and a little bit of the last quarter went before we, you know, scored anything. We just have these huge stretches of nothing. Mm. Now, the thing that concerns me is, and I'll try and list these in order, first quarter against Richmond, Really took the game on. A lot of neat kicking. Sliced it open with precision disposal. Ran hard. And after that first quarter, it was like, let's just bomb the fuck out of it to anyone and hope that our teammates will win. The norm. Um, probably to Richmond's credit, though, I think as, as much as we did as well, um, defence really tightened up. There was two very good defensive teams out there. But it became a very, very difficult game to watch. We, you know, that's the way that the, the future of these teams is going to be. It's, it's not going to be a great spectacle. But the thing with Collingwood is, I mean, not taking credit away from Richmond, but it happened against Geelong also, and it happened against the GWS. So we seem to be a pretty easy team to shut down. Now, you know, my problem is when we're shut down, it's a lot of players on that side who suddenly look very pedestrian. And I won't name them, but Tom Phillips, John Noble, um, Josh Thomas, Will Hoskin Elliott amongst them, they suddenly look like absolute front runners who can't do anything unless they're being fed the ball. And that's fine because every team has those. But if you go back to 2018, you had this really unified front and there's always someone bobbing up. You know, Josh Thomas kicked five against Carlton, I think, and they kicked, I think he kicked the four against Richmond. Oski had a bag once, I think. Yeah. I mean, they all got bags, but like the reason I'm picking that Josh Thomas because I've seen some criticism of him as being, oh, well, does he ever do anything? It's like, well, actually he has. But at the moment, the way we're working, and this has been a problem with the four line since last year. Last year, the four line was really spluttering. It wasn't working the way it had done in 2018. And they can't get it going. And I don't know what they've changed other than putting Elliot back in there. Um, Cox has been injured for part of last year. And he's obviously wasn't in the second game. He, we're good against Bulldogs, but now that's qualified by what's happening at the Bulldogs. Uh, did we make them look terrible, or are they terrible? Well, I mean, after this weekend, it's it's fair to say that they're terrible at the moment. But, you know, the thing is with that, is they were shit uh, terrible um, two months ago, and they've continued where they left off, which, you know, we talked about this a little bit before, about whether there's something more going on at that club. Than I don't guess so anymore. That they're, I um, think we've broken. Yeah. Or something got broken. Some cars, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the other thing too is just I, I don't. The four line has not worked for eighteen months. I but, think. But the thing I think that's missing there is uh, Mr. Stevenson to a, a fair extent. Yeah. The other thing though too is I mean the guy was played in the middle, so he wasn't there either. You look at that midfield. Eighteen months ago, it was lauded the greatest midfield to ever take a football field. And I look at it now, and you got Pendlebury, who's what? How old's he now? Thirty nine. Hundred eighty four. And Sidebottom, who's no spring chicken himself, and I thought he was really good. I know you criticise him all the time, but I actually really liked his game on Thursday. Um, all five at, minutes of it. And Adams started well, but then I think his effectiveness faded. And it's like, well, who else is in that midfield? I mean, taking Grundy aside, because he's the Ruckman, where else is that midfield depth? And it's like, okay, you got Tyler Brown, you got outbustled, which is going to happen because he's still a kid. 
Yeah, I, I actually like him though. I, I don't want to see him dropped. I think he's um, he's, some of his endeavour is, is is looking like he's he's still clearly finding his way, but he's getting into the right places. The problem though now, if okay, you go back a couple of years ago or whatever, you had a young player like Tyler Brown, and he might have been if you were struggling at some point, you just drop in for a couple of weeks, freshen him back up, then bring him back up. You can't do that now because of the situation with the pandemic, and there's no feeder sides. So if you drop them, they're playing shitty scratch matches, which means that what's going to probably have to happen is they're going to have to just rotate players constantly to keep everyone fresh. But I think this really exploits the lack of our depth because um, if you had some ready-made players, like if you go back to 2010 when we were motoring along, you had guys like Lockyer, O'Brien, Fraser, Medhurst in the reserves. You could just bring them in and they would hit the ground running because they had that experience behind them. Now you look at the reserves and it's like, well, well sorry, the guys who aren't playing... They're not getting game time. And who are we bringing up? Varco, Trelaw, and Greenwood are all coming off big injuries. Same with Lyndon Dunn. And then you've got guys like, who you really want to come up, like Isaac Quainor, Nathan Murphy, uh, and there's going to be others there. And again, they had very limited development last year. So I think our depth, if it's tested, we're really going to be struggling because we don't have plug-and-play players. And the guys you looked at, on Thursday, are pretty much the guys who are going to carry the team. And the only couple I think you could really add there are Cox and Trelaw and possibly Varco. But I don't, our depth, I think, is just going to really fall off a cliff because the guys you want coming up aren't getting game time and they're not experienced enough to hit the ground running. Scharenberg's another one. Yeah, he's a forgotten uh, boy, isn't he? At the and then moment. you get Sires, another one you'd love in that side. Oh, definitely. You know, what, what is the story with him? Is he injured? Uh, i got no idea. Uh, Wills, Wills is yeah. another one. See, all these guys, like, the only reason I'm giving Varco leeway to say he could hit the ground running, he's been around for about 15 years. So he's got all those pre-seasons under his belt. He's experienced enough. You could drop him in. He was injured, though, pre-season, wasn't he? Yeah, because he mm. did the shoulder injury. Mm. So this is the problem. Is like, the experienced guys, you do have, like, Varco, Dunn, um, Trelaw, have all had injury issues. And then the young guys haven't had enough game time. And Quainall missed most of the last third of last year, I think the it was. Postules, I believe. Yeah. I mean, Murphy missed pretty much the whole year. Um, I can't remember who other players we have there. And then you get the, the draftees like Blanco and all that. Is that his name? Penny Blanco from the Bronx? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> well, you had, uh, you had Rantel as an emergency, so he's yeah. clearly uh, knocking on the door. The, the, the club were pumping Keen up today with a, with a beautiful photo. Oh, Keen on him. Yeah, so uh, they're, they're bringing in all the big names. But this is the thing. is like the guys you're reaching to, you're really just hoping they can... Hit the ground running. Yeah. And who does that outside of... Raul. Raul. <laughs> and Stevenson. So That's Stevenson... It. Uh, just out of curiosity of Stevenson, because I had a lot of arguments with about 98 people. Yeah. Anything sinister in his absence from the side? Um, I believe he's probably um, argued with the coach, um, slept with somebody's wife. Um, what are the usual things he done? Has he stabbed anyone? Probably bet. Probably bet. Probably bet. He's probably, I'd, uh, he's probably bet. Yeah, he didn't learn anything there, did he? Um, I, I, did I, he did I heard he... he had a conversation with Buckley, and Buckley goes, you betting again? And Stevenson said no. And Barkley goes, you sure? And Stenson says, you on the bet? I didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, but maybe he's walked under a ladder with, yeah. a, with, a, with an umbrella holding a black cat. 
Um, yeah, look, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's anything sinister in it. He's, he had the glandular fever. Um, you knew the hand. Pre-season. Um, he's probably just sluggish getting back into the swing of things. I think he's had a brain injury. Um, I definitely think they'll come back in this week, though. I, I just think like Buckley is just making him work for it, which yeah, I think is good. Make him earn this spot. I think he should come back in this week. If he doesn't, then you might start asking questions. But, I mean, it's funny at Colin, but the moment someone's not selected, like happened with Scharenberg last year, there was like, oh, it's conspiracies. There's got to be issues. It's got to be issues he's not being selected. Because Lord knows you can't have 42 blokes on the ground at the same oh, time. There's got to be issues. There's, there's total... Can't, yeah, you can't have it, can you? But this, oh, if you cheat like some clubs. Keen, I hear there's issues with him. You let him play? Why not? I hear there's issues with Buckley. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other names. Uh, I can't come up with any. No. no. Uh, 30 tackles to 66 in Richmond's favour. So it shows that, that the first quarter? That's <laughs> the whole game. What? What? 30 to 66. Yeah, I did uh, see something about that. That's um, pitiful. But apparently it was Dewey. I kept hearing the uh, the Dewey excuse. Didn't stop Richmond. <laughs> but maybe they slipped over a little bit more and they look like tackles. I just... Yeah, again... I, you know what I want from this side? I want, when they're challenged like that, I want someone to stand up in the leadership group, apparently we have one, and just say, hey, what we're doing is not working. Let's try something a little bit different, or let's just slow it down, let's just take control. And you know what? There's a few games that this has happened where they haven't. Let me name a few. The 2019 prelim, the 2018 grand final, you know? Oh, why stop there? It's a thing, but it's, it's a problem because... The defence did a fantastic job of keeping Richmond down, and Richmond were pretty scrappy too, so they helped. But you can't bank on that the whole time. No. And it's just something where you got to say, you know what, this isn't working. And this is on Buckley too, because you kick 4-1 in the first quarter, and for the rest of the game, you kick one goal five. Surely someone there should be saying, what we're doing isn't working for the bulk of the game. And this mm-hmm. was happening last year. And we cited it really early last year, and people took us to task saying, oh, you're too negative. Oh, especially about you, they're going, you're too negative. You're dragging it down. But I am, I am negative. Oh, okay. Dear. At least you own it. And we were saying there was issues last year because what they were doing was they were playing 95 minutes of drivel and they were playing eight minutes of sublime football and people go, oh, no, we're going to click into gear when it means something. I'm guessing it was going to when, mean... When does it mean something? Which year? I think it would have meant something the week after the prelim. Yeah, I, I wonder about this. Whether again, um, you, you, there's no injuries or anything like that coming into these games for either side. So you, maybe it was a mentally type thing, and it's also it was at that point the yardstick game for the rest of the weekend. You know, you wonder whether that had a, a negative effect where they've gone into it thinking, oh, I don't know what to make of this, and they played like it both sides. But then all the other clubs have looked back at that game and thought, well, geez, I think we can do a little bit better than that. And then they've played proper football. Um, I'd be curious to see how we go this week in terms of intensity. I think it'll be up, very much up. Just my concern is, like I said, we have form in being out of form when the opposition applies defensive pressure. We tend to fall away in the last 18 months. In 2018, we actually... Lifted to the occasion, except in one game. Fortunately, that game didn't mean anything. Uh, but we fall away, and the whole game plan unravels, and they rely on the bombing. Yeah, it was also I mean, the one thing I, I thought stood out the other night too is is, the, is that when we got our noses in front, a bit like that grand final thing you keep going on about, we went to really this defensive mindset, yeah. and we pushed everybody behind the ball. I mean, the amount of times that they actually broke out of the arc and then started to run forward, and there's nothing to kick to. Everybody's down there. I think even the cardboard cutouts were down there yeah. at one stage. 
It was just ridiculous. What do you think of um, Darcy Cameron? I think it was a good debut. It was solid. He looks like a, a, a proper footballer. Do you think him and Cox can play on the same side? Yeah, I don't think so. So you think they'll stick with Cameron or go with Cox? Uh, I reckon this week they'll stick with him. I think Cameron came too far up to chase his marks, but I think that was part of how poorly we were playing, that people were getting sucked up. And then when you turned around, there was just nothing. Uh, any final thoughts on this horrible game? Nah, put a line through it. Um, we got the four points, didn't we? Well, everyone got four points. We got two We points. just halved it. Um, look, you take a draw now, I think. I'll take a draw um, over a loss. Better than a loss. Um, you know, it's not the ideal start. It's probably a game we should have clearly won, and we didn't. Um, you know, I think we'll, we'll take it to task, and we'll uh, come back a little bit better this week. We'll talk about that in the match. Like I said, I'm, I'm cutting a little bit of slack because this is a, it was a great unknown. You had 83 days without playing footy. The best that they did, I think, was they uh, went to, with a mate and kicked a kick at the park. Uh, then they had, what, two weeks of... Were they kicking the one another or were just anyway? Oh, not, well, not Collingwood. They wouldn't would kick the kick. It'd be kick, yeah, <laughs> kick and test gravity. Um, I, I hear when Collingwood players go kick the kick, they just all stand on one side and kick it. <laughs> So we've done enough now. Let's go home. Um, yeah, so I think um, there, there'll be um, a little bit more redemption this week. Did I? Is that what we were talking about? Because I'm oh, lost no. track now with you. Anyway, with your pitiful gag. They're pretty good gags. Uh, anyway, we'll be back with medium aesthetic. Oh, is that thing still going? Not still going. It's resumed. Is it resumed after 81 days? Oh, no, I don't know what to think anymore. Welcome back to Medium Affinity. What's Robbo done this week? It's a really light week in the news, apparently, except for one pressing issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll start with Robbo. <laughs> <laughs> so we just call this the Robbo moment. <laughs> Robbo's uh, rant? No, it's no good. Bean Robinson. Robbo's uh, receptacle? No, I don't want to no. think about that. Anyway, move on. What do you got? Okay, so... Did you see that picture of him... Um, over the break and he's got a suit of armour and a cigar store Indian in his lounge room no I haven't seen that yeah it sums him up he listed a handful of things that he enjoyed from what? the round oh yeah no sorry from the Port Adelaide game from oh, Port yeah, Adelaide. What, what did he enjoy can I have a guess yeah I already know the answer can yeah. I have a guess though yeah guess he liked the jumper yeah he liked the Port Adelaide Prison bars what jumper. do you think his motivation in making a statement like that could possibly be? I don't know. Whose ire would he be raising? Port Adelaide's? No, I don't think so. He's a troll. So in, what, in more ways than one. What do you think of the jumper debate? Um, I don't care. I, I, I like the Port Adelaide prison bar jumper. I don't care how many times a year they choose to wear it. Um, they just don't wear it against us. I actually think they should wear it against us, but... I don't care about them wearing it in the showdown. That's what they've requested. I've actually mentioned, I wrote a piece of the Raw where I said, Collingwood and Port Adelaide should turn into a rivalry where the winner of their game gets to wear their jumper the next game. And then instead of playing for some stupid trophy, which means nothing to anyone, and is usually presented in the locker room somewhere, you play for the honour of the jumper. And I mean, Collingwood's had this long history of you play for the jumper. Yeah, we'll have that go. Yeah, well, it didn't work well. But I actually think this would be a really fun rivalry where the winner gets the honour of wearing their jumper for the next round, next re- next time they play one another. Maybe exclude finals. So... Yeah, what do we wear? Because <laughs> we only have the one jumper. No, yeah. but then you just choose something. You just go make something up. I don't know if you remember, in about 82, we played East Perth. 
in the Escort Cup. So the Escort Cup for our younger viewers was the pre-season competition. But back then it ran concurrent to the Time of the Way competition. It was played on Tuesdays, I think. And we played East Perth, who was a West Australian team. <laughs> really? Yeah. And they <laughs> had they had Collingwood Stripes. Um, and so there was a coin toss and Collingwood lost it. So Collingwood had to work. Hey, go Woods. So they And you can go check out my piece on the Raw. But they... Um, Collingwood had to wear an alternate strip and they wore something that looked like pretty much like the or the Melbourne jumper, but it was black with just complete white. And I think that would be good. You know, I think it'd be good for a merchandising thing. You just go change it up. Um, you know, you have a one-off jumper. I actually just think it'd be fun if they did something like that. Well, that's a great idea. Oh, then Collingwood would adopt it. Um, what did you think of the players taking a knee before the game? There was some member of St Kilda tweeted, oh, if, our, if our players do that, then I'm going to turn in my membership. And then St Kilda responded to him. Uh, yeah, just I think let us every, know. every club has tweeted that story yeah, this week. Yeah. Let us know who you are and we'll refund you. Um, so clubs are offering refunds, apparently. Um, there is no right answer to this. Um, look, I don't personally care what they do. Um, showing solidarity or unity or whatever it is that they're governed for. There was a statement that was read out when they did this, which explained it all. Um, yeah, I don't care. I just wish they did these things. They didn't have to be motivated into doing these things. Surely just do these things because of the right thing whenever the time is, not when it's triggered by... Sportsmen have a habit of jumping on these bandwagons. But the original... Oh, sorry, I forgot his name. The original American footballer who took a knee was pretty much run out of the it's league. Wounded knee? Battle of wounded no, knee? No, no, because he, he, he took a knee during the anthem and then he got... Where did he take it? I'm not going to go there. On the lighter side, which is the Corns? It's on footy club, uh, on the football show. I can't remember. Okay, <laughs> Kane Corns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The one who has all the opinions. Yeah, I actually like a lot of the shit he says. Um, but and this is a little bit old, but I want to bring it up anyway. He called Alex Jezelinko's mark in the 1970 Grand Final overrated. It was considered mark. I thought of the it century. was over Jenkins. No, it was considered mark of the century, or proclaimed as mark of the century. Oh, because unlike Ablitz, he actually held the mark. Yeah, he held... That's a fuck. So there's a few marks that, like, Ablitz, Michael Roaches over the Hawthorne in about 80 or something, or 79. Um, Nick Nats against Geelong just a few years ago, where they jump up. I mean, there's a few that Elliot was paid to, I don't know, against Carlton, where they jump up, they put their hands on for about 13 milliseconds, and then they fall, and the ball's bounced away, and it's been called a mark. It's like, you're just paying it for endeavour now. What do you think about Jez's mark? You think it's overrated? Um, no, the context of the game, I think it was it was important. I don't know. Um, I always just love Mike Williamson's voice. Jezzy, uh, I think that's just as iconic as the mark. I think it's more iconic. It's better than Leo. I actually Barry, reckon you star. I reckon the angle on the mark's perfect also. I mean, I think it's overrated. But I mean, the problem is when you say something's overrated, people go, oh, you think it's shit. It's like, no, I think it's a great mark. Is it mark of the century? No, I don't think it's mark of the century. I'd be putting Andrew Walker's mark nine years ago against Essendon. Darren Buick's. Um, no, was a bit, no, Moorcroft, I think, oh, sorry. Yeah. In 2001. A midget taking a mark over a midget. Yeah, but you got up pretty high. Yeah, uh, well, he's a midget. Even he's this high off the ground. Even um, Terence was better that year. Even Howe's mark a couple of years ago. Howe does it every week. You can't bring him up. No, as but an the, the one against Melbourne, he actually got like he got up high and he elevated. Yeah, I'm just sort of saying. I reckon his marks has been a lot better. You know, I saw Eddie McGuire talking about on Footy Classified where 
he accredited all this added context to it. It's like, oh, it turned the game against Collingwood, which it didn't in the grand final. Hudnam and McKenna running into each other turned the game. Uh, it sent Collingwood into the wilderness for 20 years, which it didn't. Um, you know, within seven years, Collingwood was competing in the losing grand finals. So, oh, there's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Do something hard, Collingwood. You know, and like, you got to just look at it in isolation. You can't look at like what happened after but it. We could have looked at it uh, two months ago in isolation. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's it for Medium Mephitic. We'll that was be, a good one. Yeah, yeah, so Jerker's Mark, Mark of the Century, yeah. we all agree. Yeah. Jerker's. Except for you. Jerker's Mark. Jerker's Mark over Jerker. Jess's Mark. Jess's Mark over Jerker. Yeah. This, this one's just flowing. <laughs> it's flowing like water. Be right back. After these messages. Welcome back to the match preview against Ooh, the Saints. Good O. Good, good, good. Saints had a really good win against um, the Mites of the Bulldogs. I think everyone will this year. I think you're probably really right. Uh, Saints went on a hefty recruiting spree in the preseason. Who did they get? Who did they get? Stephen Hill from uh, Fremantle. Oh, you'd be handy. And that other guy. He should be good. And Brett Radden from. In their own ranks, became coach. Mm-hmm. And oh, what's his name? I've lost it. There's going other guy I knew too. They've got about four players though. Good. Good on them. Yeah, good on them. They're looking okay. You know, we've only got like limited sampling. What do you think about the clash coming up this week? Um, they won't be easy beats. The Saints. I think they're they're, they're no, probably going to be um, a band years ago. Yeah, they were a good band too. Um. They'll be on the improve. They lost round one, I think, didn't they? And they won... Oh, it, was, it was eight days ago. Oh, no. So, I don't know that's an indicator of form. It was 74 months ago. Um, they won't be easy beats. I think we'll make probably three or four changes this week. That's one of the changes. Stevenson, you imagine, will Stevenson will be in. I think Thomas will get dropped. Hoskin Elliott deserves to be dropped. But for who? Well, that's the thing. I don't know. We go back to... There's no one really ready. Who's in the... Well, Cox potentially could be ready, but I don't think we'll go in three tall heavy. You can't go in with Cox and Cameron, I don't imagine. Uh, I think Cameron didn't do anything wrong to be deserved to be dropped. I think Cox will probably say he's still got a bit of a boo-boo on his ankle or whatever it is, and they'll give him another week in the sidelines. Um, everyone else should be more or less fit. Was there a Blackwoods... Blackmore's... Injury no, I don't look at I don't look at it, and a few players, including Trelaw, were listed as inactive, and I think that's because the list. They're not. That would be healthy at Collingwood. Um, in case them in carbonite. No, but the I think because of the way the hubs and the list reproportioning works, that you only have a certain amount of players, and the others are on like the inactive roster. So we had guys like Dunn and all that on the inactive roster, but then we had from memory also um, Varco and and Trelaw, so. You had a few experienced players of the reserves guys. I don't know who's ready to come up and who would demand a spot outside of Stevenson. Mm. You know, and taking out, you know, Trelaw and Varco as possibilities. There's really that side it's not a full strength. I mean you have a few major outs, but you don't have those fringe guys to come in. Yeah. I, I, unless you just sort of like you know you brought Quainor in well, Quainer will be um, a possibility. For Noble or something like I that. I think there'll be a, a, a debutante this week. If Randall was... Randall? Randall. Randall was... Uh, who's obviously our favourite player. Um, Jay. 
if he was knocking on the door last week, I think they'll give him a chance this week. I mean, he certainly couldn't do any worse than someone like Hosky. He's just a shadow of him for a former self at the moment. You, I mean, but then you could give a couple of them second chances. It, it's, look, it's a rusty game across the board. There was that many that dropped off and disappeared. It's hard to really single anyone out like you did earlier. Um, but uh, I think there'll be at least three changes. I don't know who they're going to be, but there'll be three. I think, as I said earlier too, though, because of the way the season's now built with no VFL game, you're going to get a lot of players being rotated through just to try and keep everyone as fresh as possible. Mm, yep. uh, so I think you're just going to get mandatory rests at times. Uh, I don't know how Buckley's going to structure that. I seriously think that Stevenson, unless there's something more going on in terms of his fitness, I don't think there's anything going off the coach, yeah, unless there's like more going on with his fitness or like he's still carrying glandular or anything like that, I mean, he definitely has to come in. Uh, but there's no one else really that I could see you know, taking out the Greenwoods and all that. Unless someone like Wills is fit. If someone like Wills is ready, I think they have to bring him in. Or Sire. I mean, I've said it before, I'd be bringing both of them in if I could because I think you need big bodies and um, guys like Tyler Brown that were just getting out bustled by Richmond's mids. And that Sire-Wills component is really missing from the Collingwood midfield and has been missing since 2018. Wills should be in. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him. Sire, who knows, but surely they're fit. I don't know whether you can play Sire and Wills in the same side. I know you're an advocate of it. I don't think you'd do it this week, but surely one comes in. I wouldn't do it this I wouldn't do it at once. I mean, I'd be trying to cultivate her and bring it in. But I think you would look at, because they're both big bodies, I think you'd look at going, let's rest one up forward and they can sort of play as the big bullock in forward and then just rotate them through the middle. Uh, well, I mean, that's the way I'd do it. I, you know, football's, players are always getting bigger. So I think you need to go to bigger bodies mm. to survive so the attrition. There's also a, a slight chance that, I mean, because Grundy took a hit in, in the back. They were working on his yeah. back. Yeah, back kidneys, yeah. Would they rest him this week? Yeah. Even though, you know, resting is a, is a loose term. Um, and would you try Coxie and Darcy in that uh, side? Yeah, I, I depend how bad that knock is, I think, if it's... Who's the Ruckman at the Saints? Is English. Who? Is it English? No, it's the Bulldogs on English. Um, it's that other guy, Hickey. No, no, he went to West Coast. No, no, he went to West Coast. Not Bones, but uh, Hickey. I don't know. Um, no, I've got no idea. So maybe maybe Ruckman's not all that important this week. Well, it depends how bad Grundy is. You know, I I, I did hear that he's going to be out for six or seven years. I wouldn't mind seeing an inside mid in though. Either way, whether Wills or Sire or somebody. I think the I think the inside mid is an important component of that side. I know you got Adams there, but I think they need another big body in there and. Just watching against Richmond, and I think Richmond's got a great midfield either. You know, I mean, Cochin and Martin, obviously, but then after that, I think you the dynamics of our midfield seriously need that big body to free up guys like Pendles and Saidi, and then when Trelaw's there, to be on the outside. Yep, definitely. You know, so I think they need to work that in. I think Buckley recognised that, which is why he brought Wills in last year, and which is why he was a fan of Will of Sire in 2018. But whether those guys are ready, who knows? Yeah, I know. I thought I actually thought this week's selections was a little bit strange. It's almost like you're saying, well, two months ago this was a really good side in terms of balance. It's going to be the same again. It just seemed a little bit uh, 
clutching at straws with not selection, right. but that's not unusual. Uh, I think, yes, it'll be a little bit different this week. But either way, I think we should win. There's a few guys in that side who I think have been um, coasting. And, you know, I'll name them. Like Thomas, that I think has been great. Oh, he had a poor year last year. Yeah, Hoskin Elliott's another one that I think was yeah, great. Another, another average year. But Hosky got dropped a few times last year, didn't he? No. Didn't he? No, he got thrown back a few times to cover up for injuries. Um, and... Uh, Which is a shame because I'm a fan of Hoskies. I think he could be a good oh, look, guy. I'm a, fan, I'm, a, I'm a fan of anyone, but I'm just saying in terms of their form, the round one flattered them a bit because we were so dominant. Um, and that's when these guys should be up and running. But Hoskin Elliott and Thomas have really struggled. I think Phillips has come down to the pack quite a bit. I think sort of, you know, he came out with a blast and then opposition started taking note of him a lot more and clamping down on him and it's really shut down his effectiveness. So there's guys there... That when they first show up, you think, oh shit, what do we got here? But then after a while, you look at them and think, is that all we're going to get? Do we need an upgrade? And these are some of the players who I think need to either find form and push up to the next level, or you just have to say, you know what, we probably need better options than these guys. And, you know, like I said, I defend Thomas because Josh Thomas kicked a few little mini bags in 2018 and all that. But at the moment, that side is relying on these guys to kick goals and they're not doing that job so you know it's a statistics driven selection Mm. if you're not uh, performing the other one I actually would think about doing is also playing Maynard in the middle as another big body and the reason I'd also play Maynard too is that midfield is pretty slow Uh, Maynard's quick it's a ball and he's got a really good kick yeah agree and you know you could probably try someone like Quain or Sharon Berg and bring him into defence yep and that would just sort of break up uh, the midfield dynamic and give you a new facet which we just haven't had for a while do we do we do those sorts of crazy things at Collingwood though I remember Buckley was talking about Maynard as a sort of midfield uh, ages ago but I don't know if they just sort of said oh you know he's doing ball back there let's just leave him there but yeah, I mean that's. I just think at the moment the problems we saw last week against uh, Richmond, are the sort of things we were seeing last year anyway in the prelim and that. So when that pressure is applied, we just seem to come to water a little bit. And these guys, we don't have enough match winners. That's my biggest problem. You don't have enough guys saying I will fucking win this for you. You know, you have a couple of guys like the Goey. Um, okay, we have one guy like the Goey. <laughs> That's what you want, you know. It's like the 2018 Grand Final. Who do you think was going to win that for us? Oh, it was to go there for a while. Yeah, and he was the only one you really felt might be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if someone else fluked in, I mean, Stevenson's got that element, but he's still pretty young. And then Cox was the other one who did a few really nice things. But they're not the names you're looking at where you're thinking, that's who I'd rely on as a matchman. That's the guy I'm going to expect to drag us over the line. Mm-hmm. Whereas you go back to 2010, you know, you had like, a lot of flash there where you just thought one of these guys could really just step up and just you know do something amazing uh, and I just don't feel that anymore with this side oh, well hopefully it's uh, it's an evolution thing yeah hopefully well Thomas and Hoskin Elliott have been around since 1962 so well maybe it's their turn maybe they'll do it this week oh, hopefully just to shut you up well, somebody's got to that's true any final or what's your tip uh, I think we'll win by about 32 points and the other thing I'd like them to do uh, this week is uh Stop going to the flanks all the time. Just maybe the odd journey down the middle. That's all. What I like to say, I mean, I'm going to go for this killed by 17 points. Uh, I'm going to be an anarchist this year. 
What I like to see is just play smart. If you know bombing's oh, not that's working, just if, if bombing's not working, just you know pull it back a little bit and look for a guy wearing a similar jumper. Oh, Port Adelaide one. Yeah, that's probably the why they don't want Port Adelaide wearing. Because we'll kick it to them all the time. Yeah, you're a visionary. <laughs> it's even, kind of magic, even with your sunglasses on. Anyway, that's it from us. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, happy. Uh, ish. Happy. Later. It's a flag.